Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, where right now you can go check out all of their premium fantasy basketball tools to help you win your league this year. They have trade analyzers. They have great projections and rankings of the current season, uh, along with the best schedule in the business, hashtagbasketball.com. Go check it out right now. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, would you like to take back something you said last week yet, or are you going to? I refuse to take anything back that I've ever said in my entire life. Uh, Okay, well, you're going to be made to look foolish then. So another week has passed in our great rookie debate of 2018-2019. And I feel like the tides may have shifted just in this week, Michael. It's, uh, you know what? As quickly as you uh, use small sample size to tell me that Jaron Jackson Jr. was not better than Luka Doncic, I will just as quickly say it's, uh, it's early. It's pretty early. So uh, I'm, still, I'm still on the, the three-point shooting all-around excellent center over um you know a guy uh, Doncic who's going to be great like don't get me wrong I'm not out here hating on Doncic but uh you know so here's the thing I I actually really want to bring up about it though are you are you worried about his 15 percent from three-pointer so far and he's only attempted 13 shots I understand that but he's only made two no not I'm not worried about it he's uh just getting used to the NBA they're playing him in some weird spots uh, I'm not worried about it. It's it's and a it's a work in progress. I'll, I'll say the other thing that I think is going to be the death nail, the, the the big difference here, right? Um, if we're talking permanent, I think you make a better case. But I want everyone to go to Jaron Jackson Jr.'s page and look at the foul numbers. Okay, so he topped out at 36 minutes or, or at 30 minutes um, against the Kings, and we're talking just – we're looking at the first – just his first five games, okay? He had six fouls in that game. He had two games where he had five fouls, and he had another game where he had four fouls. And I think I mentioned this all the way back when we first started talking about the draft prospects. One of the things that limited his minutes a lot at Michigan State was foul trouble. He would get in foul trouble, and the coach would be forced to take him out. I think that's going to be an issue for at least a good – portion of his rookie season it's going to limit his minutes to where he maxes out at like 30 um we've already seen games where Doncic plays like 36 minutes and so i think that those extra four five six minutes at the end of the season are going to really be the difference in the that, fantasy value i mean you could be right like that could just be the fact that Doncic plays more that could just be the the difference uh memphis could end up punting the rest of the season, trading all their players, and Jaron Jackson Jr. ends up being the best player on the team. Or he might just hang around at 25 minutes per game. But he's going to foul out in 30 minutes. Well, I'm, I'm not worried about that. Like, the rookies are going to – the rookies are going to they, – they learn how to play. I don't think his um, uh, well, aggressive fouling is going is, is really a detriment to him at this point. And so, so far, and the same thing happened at Michigan State, it's really that he just tries blocking everything. Yeah. And then and he fouls. So – but but it's a double edged sword for fantasy, right? Because if he doesn't try to block everything, what do those block numbers look like, right? We're talking more like a block a game instead of two or two and a half blocks a game. Uh, I think it's going to be closer to, closer to two. But here's here's where we're going to get you. Doncic percentage wise, those percentages are going to still hurt him, uh, both field goal and free throws. So it's going to be close. It's it's actually surprisingly close with Jaron Jackson Jr. per game uh, currently ranked sixty fourth and uh old Luka Doncic per game ranked 162nd Tyler but uh obviously that's a little skewed based on his turnovers and terrible free throw percentage um it's a lot more closer than that when you look out at outside of a nine cat setting um I, I think it's gonna be pretty close and you might get me on totals but I think I'm gonna get you in per game or, or at least per 36 here's where are you very afraid Michael Doncic has three games where he shot 50%, and he's got three games where he shot below 40, or two games where he shot below 40. But with Harrison Barnes back, 
he's going to be a lot more efficient, I think, because Barnes is going to take those late shot clock shots that Doncic was taking at the beginning. Meaning I would not be surprised to see Doncic at like 45, 46% for the season. And I don't know that Jaron Jackson Jr. is going to be any better than that. We'll see. I think uh, it's going to be interesting for sure. You've been watching way too much Mavericks basketball. I can tell already this season, but Hey, that is your job. Um, I've been watching the Lakers lose. That's been very exciting. I've also been watching the Chicago Bulls lose. That's been very exciting though. They did pull it out against Atlanta the other night and that was super depressing it's been a really kind of interesting um two weeks but around this time so we're going into week three you're starting to see the variances kind of collapse back to the mean and we keep talking about this don't make any crazy decisions in the first two weeks well it's been two weeks everybody so now is the time you're going to start looking at uh seeing guys for who they are over the next week or two uh, like we've always said, they're going to revert to the mean. The bad starts by good players are going to come back up. The good starts by bad players are going to come back down. And now is the time you really want to maybe buy low, sell high on, on certain guys that are having a really good start um, and, and take advantage of that variant. So we're going to talk about that going into week three. But today we're going to prime you for, especially you head-to-head uh, cats out there, especially if you have to set your lineup today. So this is this is what we're going to be doing on Sundays. Uh, we're going to get you ready for week three. Uh, there are two teams playing five games this week, the Philadelphia 76ers and the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, a lot of the 14 teams are playing on Monday and Wednesday. Uh, so check out those three teams that are playing on Tuesday and Thursday. It's going to be interesting streaming week, as it always turns out to be and i am on hashtag basketball.com's advanced nba schedule to check all this information out it's literally right in front of me it's really easy to figure out Uh, so go check that out but tyler you got an article up about prepping everybody for week three um guys waiver wire guys to look forward to uh different back-to-backs that people can take advantage of and this is like an incredibly helpful article tyler was doing this last year Um, looking at players who are not owned in a ton of leagues and saying, Hey, you might want to, uh, you might want to check these guys out for your, so you can pick them up, get a a back to back Monday and Tuesday and drop that dude, pick up the next guy. Uh, Streaming is incredibly important. So Tyler, let's, let's, let's talk about some of your, uh, you know, your top 10 pickups for, for this week. Okay. So the good thing about this article is I kind of try to break it down for you people in weekly leagues. I know some of you like to play that and, I try to break it down for also people in daily leagues and look kind of at both angles, right? So maybe if your league only like lets you pick up one or two players each week, you might maybe want to look at the the weekly league section because you got to think you're not going to be able to stream that much um, as opposed to like we more standard where we see like seven pickups per week. You're probably going to want to look more at the daily roster changes section where you can kind of stream every single day if you want. Um, so there's kind of a lot of different ways to look at this article. I will say this too. I think this is important to note. Um, this is the first week where we've had a very balanced schedule and we saw this a lot more last year and we're going to see this more this season with the trying to eliminate back-to-backs. Every day there's basically six, seven, eight, or Monday has nine games. Whereas we used to in the old schedule see a lot of Tuesday and Thursday would be like three or four games and the rest of the days would be closer to 10 games. Um, That makes it a little easier to stream every single day, I think, because there's a lot greater volume of players playing. Um, It also makes for maybe your roster gets filled on this particular day because you have two or three players all playing for the same team or whatever. Um, So it makes things a little bit easier and a little bit more difficult, I guess, all at the same time. Yeah, I've always I've always noticed that uh, in the head-to-head leagues, everybody knows that I'm a roto guy, but in your head-to-head leagues, um, and now especially, I'm in a, a weekly lo- a roster lock league. And I don't know how I feel about that. Um, I like the ability to. Uh, it, it does definitely stops people from streaming completely, um, and it also kind of evens out the uh, waiver wire. So if you're in a league with a bunch of people who don't pay attention all every single day. You kind of it stops people from picking up those hot hands during the week, and then you have to put either like bids on them or use your waiver wire priority to get the guy 
at the end of the week. And sometimes by the end of the week, that guy's not hot anymore. So like, it's kind of a weird, the, the weekly lock thing is it, it works if you have the right players playing in your league who don't pay attention, but uh, most head to head leagues you're streaming out there. And I've always found, you know, I'm my roster's full on Monday. My roster's full on Wednesday. And then Tuesday, I can't find anybody to play. And this article that Tyler has here always helps me figure it out. Help me beat Tyler last year. He he's he screwed his own self by giving me all the hot tips in our head-to-head listener league last year. All right, one quick thing I want to say, and this is our this is our weekly, daily, monthly, um, crapping on ESPN segment. So, in the league you were just mentioning, Mike, I made a trade. Did you see this trade? I did not. This was my first trade of the season. Okay. So I needed a power forward. I had no one to play power forward. Okay. So I took Gary Harris and traded him for Jason Tatum specifically because I needed a power forward. Okay. Now I'll agree that Gary Harris probably has more value than Jason Tatum for the rest of the season, but to my team, I needed a power forward. Yeah. So Jason Tatum was much more valuable to me than Gary Harris. Then the next day ESPN finally wises up and changes their positions a little bit. And now I have three power forwards on my roster. Congratulations. (laughs) So you you didn't have to make that trade at all. I don't think that's actually that bad of a trade. Gary Harris uh, probably ranked a little bit higher overall than Jason Tatum, but Jason Tatum, uh, you know, is playing fantastic. Well, it just bothered me that like we've been railing on these guys to have this eligibility for the last two months, and then like all yeah. uh, Luka Doncic was one of the guys they gave him power forward eligibility. It's like, hello, where's the yeah? Thanks, thanks a lot, thanks a lot, ESPN. Um, I do, I will give props out to the listeners out there, everybody who's been hassling the ES, ESPN feedback line. I know that all the people out on the uh, fancy B ball subreddit have been hitting out the fancy. Uh, uh, people have been calling, like literally calling ESPN and just being like, where's the play writer? Why isn't this work? Why is this guy not this position? Um, even I, I've co- even uh, sent a few uh, tweets at the uh, support channel. So props to everybody, keep it on ESPN, making them get their act together and getting them to actually uh, put some effort into their interface and to their positions for for these players. So it's, it, that's going to help. It really is. It's going to help people enjoy fantasy basketball a lot more all right let's get into this so um you mentioned it right there's two teams to play five games this week there's 12 teams to play four games yep and then the remaining 16 teams right play three games three so nobody's playing two and uh i mean often it makes sense to uh, just that one extra game often does make the difference when you're streaming well and, and here's how i tell people to think about it okay so let's say your player averages 12 points a game okay okay so he plays three times that's 36 points right okay well nine times four is 36 so if the guy on the waiver wire averages 10 points a game he gave you 40 instead of 36 you're already you're already doing better you know what i mean and so he averages two less points a game which is a significant amount but in the total grand scheme of things, he's given you 40 as opposed to 36. So you got to kind of think about every category that way. And it gets even harder when we look at steals and blocks, because obviously they're smaller numbers. Um, but yes, ideally, and, and I said this in the, the piece, right? I would probably start all my studs, like any top 50 player I had with three games, I would yeah. start. But after that, that's where I really start looking at, can I get someone with five games? Or can I get someone with four games? Well, we we talked about that. Once you get out of that top fifty, top sixty, the, it plateaus off pretty hard. So there's a there's like a, a first plateau right there after like forty, and then there's another plateau at like sixty to seventy, and then seventy into like a hundred. Like the it's it's kind of all the same guys. So if you, if you're going to get a guy for five games instead of three games, it's a huge huge difference. Even if they are ranked a hundred and tenth and not 80. But if you're like the 30th ranked player and only play three games, you're probably putting up the same amount of stats as someone who's ranked 120th playing five. Yeah. 
I'm with you there. Uh, so that makes the guy probably the best pickup for this week. If you're going to just pick up one player and hold him for the whole time is Al Farouk Aminu. Now in ESPN leagues, it would be Robert Covington. And if you read the beginning of the piece, you can find out why. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking there's something wrong with ESPN's algorithms. Like there's no way Robert Covington. I'm assuming Mike read the piece too. Okay. So the, the, the weird thing is we talked about this last week. Yeah. We... It should be going up and he should be close to hundred percent owned, which he is in Yahoo leagues. He's down 12%. He's down to like 21% owned in ESPN leagues. I don't understand how that's possible. Robert Covington's been playing great. That doesn't make any sense. Um, so the the article switched over to Yahoo leagues for this week. This is the first time I've done Yahoo since I started doing it. And that whole Robert Covington thing was a big reason why, but if you play on ESPN, I would look for Covington because he's the absolute best player probably available. Yeah. On your waiver wire, like for sure. Um, so, and they play five games. So Alfred Camino plays five games. Now yeah. Aminu gets a little underrated in fantasy. I think, right? Like no one really wants him in a standard league. Even in deeper leagues, people are like, ooh, why'd you pick Alfred Aminu? The yeah. dude with rebounds. He gives you over a steal a game. He gives you about half a block. He gives you almost two three-pointers, and he averages like 10 points. Those aren't fantastic numbers. I understand that. But in five games, he's going to give me like 38 rebounds, pretty close to 50 points, pretty close to five steals, Yeah, probably three blocks, probably 10 three-pointers, like – those go a long way to helping me win five categories. That adds up. And that's the kind of player Al Farouk Aminu is. He's boring, but boringly consistent. And those counting stats, the, the the steals, like getting five, maybe even six steals this week out of those five games, that's that's gonna be really like huge. The six steals is a is a huge swing. Right. So that's kind of a, a league winning type move, especially if you're replacing a three game player who's like ranked in the 75 to 100 range. I would do that move 10 times out of 10. Um, so I would go out right now and look and see if he's on your waiver wire, especially if it's a weekly league. You pick up a menu, you hold him. Um, the Trailblazers also have a back to back on Monday and Tuesday. So even if you're just looking for someone to stream for Monday and Tuesday, the Trailblazers play back to back on Monday, Tuesday. So. That's nice. I like that. Um, another guy that you have on your list here, and I don't want to give the whole list away. Uh, go to hashtag basketball.com to check this out. Um, but this is uh, a guy that I actually did want to talk about just in general. Uh, Bialicha on the Sacramento Kings is playing well enough to uh, be be owned in standard leagues. He's only owned in 45% of Yahoo leagues. Um, do, do you think – Bialicha should be owned. I know you uh, have a uh, little PTSD from covering the Sacramento Kings and the rotations, but uh, do you think you can overcome that to roster him? So he's he's starting. Okay, they played yeah. six games. Started every one. Positive, right? He's shooting 60% from the field, and he's not DeAndre Jordan, so that's not going to last, right? Um Here's what I'll say about Bielitsa. I'd pick him up and roster him this week. Kings have four games. He should be good for this week. At a moment's notice, though, Jaeger could change that rotation, and he's kind of playing the 3-4 kind of combo forward role. I would not at all be surprised to see them go, especially when Bogdanovich comes back. I think Bielitsa's minutes get hurt a lot. They seem to love Justin Jackson. And Justin Jackson is a terrible player for fantasy and maybe not a good real life NBA player either. But yeah, it's least- not that great, but at least in my deep leagues, I have him in a few. And at least he's giving me something instead of just absolute well, trash. And he's playing more than 30 minutes. Like, don't get me wrong, he's he's viable in that sense. Uh, Bielitz is producing a nice looking stat line. We've seen this in the past in spurts that he can be kind of good for fantasy if he's given 28 to 30 minutes. Um, it's a hesitant pickup for me though, because I know how much Jaeger loves to change those rotations and just do stuff that doesn't make a ton of sense to people outside of Sacramento. So he's a great like flyer to take right now. If you're trying to stream and then say, you know what? I'm going to stream for the entire week. He's got four games and let's just see where it goes. So you might shorten up your bench a little bit by holding on to him, but 
it's worth it's worth that risk of having that spot taken for a week. Who he's going to help you anyway? He's going to give you four games, and then on top of that, uh, you could and basically accidentally end up getting a top seventy-five player, top eighty player, because he is going to consistently start, consistently play good minutes, and and be much better. He's he, you know he's not that old. You know he's he could be um, pretty decent for Sacramento considering that team. Well, they paid him absolute trash. You know what I mean? They paid him. Yeah. Like a poor man's Nico Miritich. <laughs> Old Miritich, man. The beard, though. He's got to get the beard he's back. He's got to get that beard. I don't know. He's been playing much better once he shaved that beard, so maybe but, that was the problem. Dude, I don't know. The beard. The beard's just an intimidating look. Now he just looks like a baby face. Uh, Yeah. It's just I can't even look him directly in the face. <laughs> I tried looking him directly in the beard, but it's just missing. It's not there. It's gone. It's completely gone. Uh, I got a couple other guys on this list of your top 10 uh, pickups from the waiver wire for week three that I'm kind of interested in hearing what you have to, what you think about them. Uh, A lot of people out on Mari Hazonia, but had, has now had a couple games playing well with the Knicks, uh, but also had a couple games where he barely even played. Uh, What's, what's your long-term outlook on Mario Hazonia for for this season? So, I'm worried Hazonia's falling into the Kyle O'Klin classification. And, and by that, I mean, like, we see some good fantasy stuff, and we see, like, per minute, oh, man, if this guy ever just got minutes, he'd be so good. And then, like, he becomes a free agent, and he goes to a different team, and they're like, all right, well, this team paid him a little bit of money. Maybe they'll play him. And then they don't play him more than like 15 minutes a game. And then he goes to another team and then he plays 15 minutes a game. And he goes to another team and he plays like 15 minutes a game. I'm worried that's Hazonia's fate. I mean, they're playing guys like Lance Thomas and they're running like three point guard lineups over Hazonia. Like, I just don't really understand why he doesn't get the minutes. But if you look at the two games where he's played even over 20 minutes, those fantasy numbers are pretty good. But then he's got four games where he's played 19 minutes or fewer. I mean, he plays four games this week. He's worth an upside shot, especially in a deeper league, right? Like you could, he could really pop and get some numbers. But I wouldn't trust it because he's just not getting the minutes. Now this Knicks team has one win. So maybe eventually they change things up a little bit and give him some more run. I mean, he's 23 years old. He's one of their younger players. And Lance Thomas is never going to be great. So maybe they finally buy in and let him play. But then again, you could be holding a guy playing 15 to 18 minutes for four games and not get a lot out of it. Yeah, I I really do think it's going to be kind of a crapshoot for the first, I'd say, month or so. Just because, I don't know, who knows what's going on in New York. Uh, but like you said, it just doesn't make any sense. Maybe they're just trying to get Frank Nikolica like some playing time, make him feel good, make him see if he's any, uh, you know, worth the, uh, worth the effort of, of, of starting. And just like, I don't know. It's, it seems like a mess because Mario Zonia just looks like he's just absolutely better. Unfortunately for them, because I realized he's a high pick on him. Uh, Nilakina looks like Garrett Temple. And Garrett Temple's a fine NBA player. Don't get me wrong, but. I, I would say Garrett Temple looks a lot better, especially this year. No, I mean, like, his, his career outlook looks like Garrett Temple. Okay, that's perfectly fine. You know what I mean? Like, a, a good defender who can guard a couple different positions but isn't really much of a ball handler, can't really score, can shoot a little bit maybe, and I think Nilakina maybe can get there where he can shoot a little bit, but just never really a high-usage player on offense. But a pretty good defender on defense, I think that's kind of what – that's the kind of career archetype I'm seeing for Nilakina, and Knicks fans won't be happy to hear that, right? Because they want a lot more from a top ten pick. But in the grand scheme of things, like Carrot Temple's a pretty fine player, right? And he's yeah, lot, he's so. all right. He's he's rosterable on a real NBA team. Yeah, so I mean, I just don't know. Like they sometimes want to say he's a point guard. I just don't see that kind of passing ability to be a point guard. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, I don't either, and I just I – mean, you have to be something fairly special to be a non-shooting point guard in today's league. Um, they're just – I mean, they're just not out there. 
Uh, there, there's very few that can make it, and they have to be at least somewhat like you have to be able to come out a little bit on him. Like you can't just leave him wide open for three. And Frank Nicholas is just a guy you could just, yeah, feel free to shoot that shot all day, every day. And he won't like, he won't even shoot the shot. So it, Mario Zonia kind of a crap shoot. And there's a lot of like players like that throughout the season that become crap shoots uh, who you think should be starting, should actually be playing. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, but then there's the flip side of that. The guys who are playing, uh, but people seem to roster Mario Hazonia more than they'll roster someone who's just playing straight 30 minutes. Like there's guys out there who are just like, they're starting, they're playing 30 minutes. They're pretty decent. And you have a couple guys listed on here. And those are great guys to stream. Cause you're like, well, I don't know if they're going to be any good. They're not like high, high percentage guys or high rebound guys or whatever category you're looking for. But they're guys who are going to play 30 minutes, so you know you're going to get some, some production out of these guys. You have Justin Holiday and uh, Brian Forbes listed. So Justin Holiday playing 30 minutes on the Bulls. Brian Forbes playing 30 minutes on the Spurs. Spurs. Um, those guys are great streamers. They're not worth probably not worth owning. Maybe they're worth they're probably worth more owning than under 25 percent, which I think both of them are. Um, and Mario Hazonia is closer to 40 percent. So it's just kind of like a. Would you rather hold on to a potential Mario Hazonia or would you rather actually get stats from guys who are playing 30 minutes? Right, and we talk about this a lot. I think the boring guys get undervalued, right? But Always. Like, like Holiday, I mean, you look at his numbers. He's playing about the same minutes he was last year. He gives you like 12 points and a steal. Like, it's nothing special. But over a four-game week, like, I, I mean, I, I did the math earlier, right? Like, okay, you play four games at 12 points a game, right? That's 48 points. We play three games and you score 15 points a game. That's only 45. So, and obviously like there's more categories than just points. I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, like these guys are more valuable than a lot of people think. And Etwan Moore kind of fits in that same category. He does a lot of similar things as like Justin Holiday and, and Brent Forbes, right? They're kind of scoring three point shooting, maybe a little bit of a steals type guys, like all, all three of those dudes. And they're all playing four games this week, and they're all maybe better than some of the people you are actually going to start. Yeah, they're going to give you just more production. They're boring, like Al Farouk Aminu. He's super boring, but you know what he does? He plays. And a steal a game is a steal a game. Uh, just it, it just it just goes. It's it's worth picking up and owning and streaming those guys. You know, the other thing to say, too, when we're looking at, like, a Mario Hazonia type guy in, in comparison, right? So let's say Aminu averages a steal a game, okay? But he's out there for 30 minutes. So he has a lot more op- – he has double the opportunity of Mario Hazonia to get a steal. If they're the same per-minute steals guy and Aminu's playing twice as much, I mean, he has double the chances to get steals. Yeah, and those counting stats, uh, like the steals and blocks, they're they're random. Like – the variance is a lot higher based on minutes played. So even though you you want to take over the long term, right? It's like uh, it's like betting on sports. Over the long term, if you have the better odds, you're going to come out on top. Some weeks you might win, some weeks you might lose. And Mario Zonia might play uh, 30 less minutes than Alfred Camino, but still get like three more steals. It could happen. But every single week, that's going to even out. You know what that one week variance isn't the how you should define which guy you should own because oh Mario Zonia got uh, more steals than Alfred Camino last week in less minutes I'm going to keep starting him that over the long term that's not going to work it's yeah just, it's not I'm with you 100 percent there let's talk about um, these back to backs that you have a uh, very smart uh, use of your streaming pickups some leagues I think the smarter leagues out there limit the ability to like pick up and and drop guys throughout the week. Uh, I don't, I don't want to play in a league where there's a guy one who's just picking up 30 dudes a week. And a two who's basically holding everybody ransom on the waiver wire because they can, you know, like that's just, that's like scamming the system. And it's just because simply because, yeah, I get the system is there to be scammed, but nobody first off that's just non competitive it's 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 just screwing people over because you have more time on your hands than everybody else 
but also it's just not in the spirit of actually playing. The reason people don't put those rules up there all the time is because usually people are pretty cool. Um, and so now, because of those stream scammers, we have to put things in like weekly roster locks or four or five, three to five pickups per week in a head-to-head league. Um, but that means since you do have those limits, you need to maximize your pickups. And a lot of these back-to-backs uh, that you have on here, and I especially will talk about it in a little bit, but I'm especially a big fan of the uh, back-to-back looking ahead. So if you've already won the week, and uh, this is how I like to do my streaming. Uh, I'll keep the roster pretty solid for the first couple days. And maybe I'll pick up one guy, maybe not. But then by this second half of the week, I know what categories I'm winning in. I know what categories I need help in. I know what categories I need to give up on. And that's how I pick my streamers for the rest of the week. And if I already got the week on lock, if I'm already going to you know, pull a, a pretty big win out, which in some of these leagues I have pulled any wins out, but um, – if I'm already going to pull a big win out, then you look ahead to next week and say, can I pick up a guy this week who's going to give me an extra game next week? And that's like second, that's like the next level of streaming. And that's some of the stuff you'll need to pick up if you, if you really want to compete in these leagues. Yeah. Right. And um, I try to help you with that every single week. And I, I try to do both kind of Sunday and Monday and then Sunday and Tuesday, because a lot of times Monday for whatever reason, the season has been the, the day with the most games. I'm not exactly sure why that is. And I think that'll even out a little bit as the season goes on. And usually we see it being Wednesday has the, the massive amount. Um, so I try to help you with that. And I, I do think that you're spot on with that, right? That you could kind of maximize games on both ends, especially if you're playing a really tough matchup against a really good team. You know, if you maximize both the streaming at the end of the week before, and then at the end of the week of your matchup, you can beat a team that's maybe a little bit better than you. Yeah, just that one or two extra games or maybe three or four extra games um, really makes a huge difference. You can sneak out a steals win or you can ste- you just sneak out one or two categories. That that does make the difference, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, you can take changes it from three to five to five to three or, you know, if it's a nine cap from five to four to five to four in your favor, uh, that's that's definitely worthwhile, so... Yeah, so looking at the advanced schedule over on hashtag basketball.com, uh, Thursday only has six uh, games. And so that means uh, let's look at the back-to-backs that you have either Wednesday, Thursday, and Thursday, Friday. Uh, or uh, That's probably where people are going to be able to maximize their their streaming. So they'll be able to pick get somebody in their roster on Wednesday and then let them play on Thursday. Uh, and you got a couple guys uh, from the Nuggets and the Pelicans who are pretty decent on that Wednesday, Thursday stream. Yeah. So the nuggets are actually a real hard team to, to get streamers on right now. And we talked about this, I think last week, a little bit that their bench is real thin. Yeah. They don't play a lot. The Will Barton injury hurt them even more. Um, but a guy who's been real good and he's only playing like 20 minutes a game is Monte Morris. Right. Like this guy is shown to be pretty strong, permanent and steals, assists and points, three categories. And He's been playing a little bit more now that Barton's been out. And, man, I just really liked what I've seen so far from him. Uh, he looked amazing in Summer League, if anyone watched that. And then he's kind of carrying that over to this season. Um, a young guy, kind of a backup point guard type, um, which is weird that he's getting a little bit more minutes with a wing out, but he, he's been playing a little bit more. Uh, Jamal, I mean, Jamal Murray can play that two-guard position. I think that's maybe really even his best spot. Um so, yeah, Monte Morris is a guy I'd definitely be looking at. And then we talked about one of them earlier, Eton Moore. I mean, he averages 12.5 points in a steal a game. And if you're getting, you know, 25 points and two steals, that could be enough to sway those two categories. Absolutely. And another guy you have on that Wednesday, Thursday uh, kind of back-to-back is Eton Moore, a guy that I always say, you know, is a great uh, – if you're picking in that, like, you know, 12, 13, 14th round, you're in a deeper league – that dude's good. He's he scores. He gets about a steal. He plays good minutes on uh, the Pelicans, and he still does, even though they have Alfred Payton there. Uh, he's going to be a solid stream for Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, only owned in thirty six percent of leagues, and that that actually sounds about right. I'm surprised not owning a little bit more, but I don't know how deep these uh, these leagues get on Yahoo. Well, I mean, I don't think Yahoo has too too many real deep ones. I mean, I think most of their leagues are twelve teams, which. It's probably about right for 12 teams, I would guess. 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, another team uh, Thursday. If, if you can't do Wednesday, Thursday, maybe Thursday, Friday is your bag. Uh, you got the Clippers and uh, the Thunder. Who the Thunder are really, really hard to to convince yourself to stream anybody on that team. Yeah, and they're kind of all their good guys are owned, and they're playing their their good guys big minutes, and so the bench is not the bench is getting some table scraps, right? Yeah, uh, Nerlens Noel, I guess you know, like per minute is your best bet on that team coming off the bench. Yeah. And I mean, here was the thing, right? Like I try not to say no, nobody for a team. And I, I actually sometimes have to, um, but the theory is right. I, I, this article is meant to help anyone in any league. Right. So I try to even help guys in like 14, 16, 20 team leagues. And if that's your thing and you're playing in those crazy leagues, someone like Netherlands Noel could be somewhat valuable. I mean, if he comes in and gets, you know, in the back to back, he gets you a steal and two blocks. Okay. Yeah. And great. That, right. That could be big in a 16 team league. Right. Cause I mean, getting a steal in two blocks might be the difference between winning and losing that category. Yeah. And I think when you, when you look at either bigger leagues or just like where are you going to get your bang for your buck? If you, if you can't find a guy who's playing 30 minutes, so if Justin holiday is someone else has picked him up to stream um, for the bulls or whatever. Uh, maybe you're like, well, there's no good streamers out there but I'm pretty close in steals. A couple of steals makes the difference. So like Patrick Beverly on the Clippers, another Thursday, Friday streamer that you, you put out here on your article, not playing very well, but definitely a good steal streamer. Well, and two, he's averaging over four assists a game. Like when he's in the game, they're trusting him with the ball in his hands. So you're talking, you know, even if it's only seven assists and two steals, you know, that might be enough to win you those two categories. And he's actually, he's always been a good rebounder too. As far as point guards go, you know what I mean? He's averaged four rebounds a game for a point guard. Eight rebounds out of your point guard spot. I mean, that's basically like one game of most big men, right? Yeah, just like one. So, I so mean, it, do it. Like stream those guys who do get those rare stats instead of the guys who are just going to get you like eight, points and three rebounds and you're like okay great yeah uh, right like that's just not really helping you a ton i mean but every little stat counts and sometimes you gotta go he like i have found myself especially in deeper leagues every once in a while i'll stream a guy maybe on a back-to-back or something and it's like okay the guy i'm dropping isn't really helping me number one or maybe i have an injury so i put someone into my ir and i just need someone even getting, you know, eight points and three rebounds, like you're getting 16 points and six rebounds in two days. Like that's not the worst thing in the world. No, it is not. Uh, I want to talk about one guy who is on your Sunday, Monday, looking ahead. Let's say you already got the week locked up. You can use one of those last picks on picking up a guy on Sunday who's going to play next week and get you that extra game next week without using any of your pickups, a, a strategy that I really, really suggest everybody take into account and this is a guy we already mentioned earlier in this podcast garrett temple playing over 30 minutes a game for the memphis grizzlies i kind of want to have just kind of like a conversation of like what what are we what are we looking at here with garrett temple playing 30 minutes a game uh you know uh, starting for the memphis grizzlies am i should i be interested in owning him in a standard league long term is this is this a pickup or as you know, what what he's only owned in twenty seven percent of leagues. As the the other seventy percent of people playing in fantasy, they're like, yeah, I know he's starting, but he's not that good. Yeah, and I think that's the case, right? I mean, we've seen him shoot around forty percent um, for basically his entire career, and now he's shooting forty six. So that's probably not sustainable. Now he's getting more minutes than he's gotten in a long time, so he's getting more shots. Obviously, he's also shooting fifty percent from three, which He's been a pretty good, you know, above average three point shooter for basically the last four seasons, but he's not 50%, right? He's not the league's absolute best three point shooter. Here's what I'll say you could probably expect from Temple. If he's playing 29 minutes, you can probably expect like 1.2 steals, a half a block, maybe even 0.6 blocks a game. Both of those stats are pretty good. You can probably expect somewhere around 10 points a game and somewhere around like 1.7, 1.8, three-pointers made per game. 
all of those stats make him worth streaming, but I don't know that I hold that in a standard league. I think that's more of kind of he's on your roster, he's off your roster, he's on your roster, he's off your roster. Yeah, he, it feels like a guy you pick up when he when he has like a thirty. He had that thirty point game. Everybody went and picked him out, and then he had a six point game the next day, and I bet you everybody dropped him. He's not a scorer. I mean, he's never been a scorer. No, and that, I think people didn't. People really thought they what they were getting is some sort of breakout player that came out of nowhere. And in fact, like they should have known Garrett Temple's been around for quite a while and he's just mediocre. And uh, when he's playing well or playing minutes, like what, like what I'm looking at his stats, like, isn't he Etwan Moore? Isn't Etwan Moore better? Oh, Etwan Moore's probably better. Yeah. Temple might get you a little bit more steals, but Etwan Moore's probably better. So it's, it's really surprising to see a lot of um, hype around Garrett Temple when Etwan Moore has been doing the same, if not better, for all this time, and just nobody even thinks Etwan Moore plays basketball anymore. Here's a guy I'd probably even rather have than Garrett Temple, and he's playing kind of that same thing, and he does something a little bit similar, is Terrence Ross. I think Terrence Ross got forgotten after that season last year where he was hurt Yeah, for most of the time, and I think we forgot that Terrence Ross was fairly decent for fantasy the year before that, and he's looking pretty decent for fantasy this year too. Um, the things that he's doing don't really seem unsustainable. He's getting a ton of shots. He's he's going to make three-pointers. He's probably going to score you somewhere in that 10 to 12-point range. He's going to get you like a steal a game. He's going to get you half a block a game. He's going to get you a few more assists and rebounds. Um, I always kind of like the game of Terrence Ross, and I think this year on the Magic, he's kind of in one of those shooting rules off the bench where they kind of just feed him the ball and – um, he'd definitely be somebody I think's worth streaming. I don't know that he's worth holding, but he's definitely worth streaming. Nah, I don't think I would hold him, but worth streaming, uh, certainly. Um, and he's only owned in 4% of leagues, so even in some deep leagues, like I'm talking 14, 16 team leagues, he might be available, and in those yeah. leagues, he might be worth holding. Yeah, I would pick him up in one of those deeper leagues. In fact, um, him and uh, who who was it on here, if, he, if I can do a quick switch? Uh, Ish Smith in a deep league, like – yeah, you should be you should be owning Ish Smith in a deep league. Yeah, we're playing. They're playing a lot of Reggie Jackson and Ish Smith together, and yeah. Smith is averaging almost thirty minutes a game. Um, and let's say Reggie uh, Jackson, who is hasn't been ter- terribly healthy over the last couple of years, uh, gets hurt again. Well, there you go. Now you have the starting point guard for the the Pistons. Even though Tyler, the starting point guard for the Detroit Pistons is point blank, and I've been saying it for years. You talked me out of it. You said this is never going to happen. It'll never be possible, and now here it is, Point Blake in all his glory. I was going to write you a message when you sent that out on Twitter and say, where's the unlike button on this? It's happening. I don't know what there's not to like. I've been talking about Point Blake for about three full years, and it never happened, and I gave up on it, and here it is. So are you going to trade for him then? You going to buy high on Blake Griffin? So here's, here's uh, here's what I would do. You should never buy high on Blake Griffin because he's uh, he's always going to get hurt. But that's my point, though. This has been my point the whole time about your point Blake theory. Hold on. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to tell you though that it's not it's not worth it. There is still value in those thirty to forty to fifty games that Blake is going to play. So you have to calculate his value as a fifty fifty games. At, as being with now this point Blake situation at being a top 40, top 30 player. That's a dangerous game, Michael. It is a dangerous player. game, but if you're in a position where you need to take a risk, here is your risk. The owner of, of Blake Griffin is thinking, I got to sell high on Blake because <laughs> he's going to get injured any day now. And this could, hey, if you really need to take a huge risk, but you want a high risk, high reward. I would trade a mediocre medium player for Blake Griffin and hope that he stays healthy the rest of the year. It's a high risk, huge risk, but also a high reward. Well, and here's the thing that I'm not going to ever get on board with Blake. Here's the reason I'm never going to get on board with Blake Griffin. Okay. So you're saying he's point Blake. Well, he's averaging 4.6 assists per game this year. Sure. So um, that's not a point guard to me. I mean, that's a low-end point guard's assist total. Okay. Um, 
the shooting is unsustainably high. He's playing over 35 minutes, which I think that's a, a mistake. He's he's hitting inc- an incredible amount of threes. Yeah, and for a guy who's been a below average, below league average three point shooter yeah, for his entire career, um, and that's one thing that drags his field goal percentage down. Right, like he was shooting near fifty percent, which is what he's shooting right now before he started taking the threes. But he's not a good three point shooter, and he's taking a large volume now, which is dragging his field goal percentage down. So, to me, the the killer is though he doesn't steal or block shots. No, he's, he still doesn't. He still he's doesn't a, steal. A negative in both those categories. So, yeah, he's gonna be. So okay, what like what are you gonna tell me that he's gonna do great to make up for that? If you're telling me he's gonna get six assists a game and like twenty two points, I am. Okay, I could see owning him. I, I just don't really see that. I mean, the points sure, but I don't really see him averaging six assists a game. Yeah, I, and I'm 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 not going out there and telling everybody to trade. Uh, I don't know Kyrie Irving for Blake Griffin. Like that's not yeah, what I'm trying to do. It. I'm not even trying to say trade like Terry and Prince. Like that feels like a little bit too high of a price to pay for Terry and Prince. I'm talking about going out to that owner and just going, I have a a guy who's in that 50 to 70 range who you maybe you don't trust, and you say you know hey like I'm looking give him that guy and like a, a streamer off the bottom of your bench, like two for one, they get two player, a streamer that's playing hot. So they get a hot streamer and they get a guy who they're like, okay, great. Like I got a guy who's going to be healthy and Blake Griffin's going to fall apart. That's the only time I would, it's like, it's worth a shot because if you're in a league where people who are know what they're doing and they know what they're talking about, they know Blake is going to fall apart. So they're probably too, risk adverse and they're trying to they're probably going to try to get rid of blake though right now they're probably going to want you know everything for blake and they're not going to get it well and here's the thing right so we talk about leagues where people aren't super plugged in blake griffin's the name man right he's in the commercials he does this he does that so he probably got picked well below the area you're talking about yeah so they're not they're going to look at that and be like, well, he's playing awesome, and I picked him ahead of that, so why the hell would I want to trade that for him, right? And in the leagues where people are, are more plugged in, like you mentioned, he probably got picked in that general area. And so I think getting – just taking a guy who's not – he's worth owning right now because he's playing well, and a guy – who has picked right around Blake Griffin and trading for Blake Griffin. Like, I just don't see if I'm the owner of Blake Griffin, I don't even really want to do that. Like yeah, I'm going to want to top that. The owner <laughs> isn't going to do that. There's a good chance that owner is trying to move him for a top 40 player. Yeah. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm going to be offering. And if you know, one's willing to give it to me, like uh, that, that situation, right. I think you just, you're, you're ride or die with Blake Griffin, man. Like if no one will give you the top 40 player, you sit well, there and say, Hey man, I hope, you know, I can get 70 games out of Blake. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's your best bet is that someone's going to give you, is going to overpay for Blake Griffin. If you own Blake Griffin, and that's probably the move, that's probably the most suggested move is like, if you own Blake Griffin, sell high every here's, week. Here's like, the, just get, try to get rid of him. Here's the guy I'd get. I got one guy I'd try to get if I own Blake Griffin right now. Vucevic. I feel like so many people are so down on Vucevic because he's, oh, he's going to get traded. He's going to get traded. I feel like you might be able to make that deal. He's probably not going to get traded. He's yeah, almost he's been traded for like four years. Like he's not going to get traded. Well, and here's the thing about that. And this is what I've been saying to people too. It's like, number one, they've have tried to trade him for like the last four years and nothing ever happened. Number two, who's trading for a center? Who needs a center on in the league right now? Right? Like all the good teams either have a center or like, they're not trading for a center because they their advantage is they play small ball and they're doing well with it. Yeah, the, the centers that get traded for are like the plotting, like rim protectors, and Vujovic is not that. Right, and yeah, like they want that guy for the end of their bench in a playoff run. Uh, yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? The Zaza Pachulia rule on the Lakers or the JaVale McGee role on the Warriors uh, for the last couple of years, right? Like play 10 minutes. Enjoy Come it. In, get some blocks. Make sure people don't score. That's it. Vujovic isn't doing that. Vujovic wants the ball. Vujovic needs is, is, a, is an offensive center, 
And, and I just don't know why teams aren't trading for that player type at all. Well, I think he's a type of guy you have to fit kind of into your offense and kind of build your offense around a little bit because he can't super create his own shots, but he's very effective once he gets the ball in his areas. So it's hard to integrate that player in the middle of the season too, because you know what I mean? Like your offense is one thing and now like you're throwing in Vucevic and trying to make it something kind of completely different. Yeah. Um, it just it doesn't seem like it's going to happen, which means, as we've been talking about Vujovic for a while, he's going to have value. He's going to be perfectly fine on Orlando. They're going to play him still. They want to be somewhat competitive, so they're going to play him tw- at least 28 minutes because Mo Bamba is not ready, and Vujovic in 28 minutes is, a, is a, probably a top 50 player. So if I can get Vujovic for really anything below top 50, 60, 70, I'm in. I'm in and, on push and that push that. And Vujovic in the top. Vucevic has been in the top 40 players. Yeah, it could be hard right now because he's he's playing out of his mind. He's Well, in 29 minutes a game, though, last year he was in the top 40 on totals. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's what people like, oh, he's only going to play 28 minutes a game. I'm like, well, he was top 40 in 29 minutes a game. So one more minute off, he's like top 50. Okay, yeah. well, you didn't pick him there, so that seems like a win. <laughs> yeah, he's currently playing 29 minutes a game, and he's currently ranked 12th per game. Over yeah, and that's going to fall off a little bit, but in 29 sure. minutes, he's a top 40 player. Yeah. Like, don't get it confused, people. No, please don't. I think that's it for our week three preview. Tyler, you're, uh, you wrote the article on hashtag basketball.com to prep everybody for week three. Everybody go check that out on hashtag basketball.com. You're also writing for the Mavericks. Uh, where can people find your stuff? Uh, so they can find it at the smoking Cuban. So you can just type in the smoking Cuban.com or you can just Google the smoking Cuban. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm basically the Luca Doncic writer. So I just follow him around and write all bunch of articles about him. So if you're into that, um, that's what I do. Yeah, that is not a bad gig, but you can find all of Tyler's stuff on Twitter at Tyler P Watts, W A T T S. And you can find me at watch the boxes on Twitter. Feel free to hit me up. If you guys are liking what you're hearing, please rate, review us, leave us feedback, tweet at us with questions for the show, different topics you want to hear. And if you really want to support the show, check out patreon.com slash watching the boxes where you can get exclusive content throughout the season, including uh, entry to a private Slack channel where you can interact with me and Tyler. So uh, along with some other fancy experts and other fancy players uh, in a Slack community, for people who are subscribing to our Patreon. So patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Go check that out and we will catch you soon. Thanks everybody.